When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into episode 132. It took a little bit of a hiatus uh, on the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast, but we're back. Probably better than ever. I don't know. It's a little bit late here on Saturday night, so we'll, we'll see where the wind takes us. But uh, back with Joey. What's going on? Not much. Just completed a big move and a rip run ready to go getting in this 132. <laughs> yeah, man. Jo- Joey's about as, as busy as I am, if not busier right now. So a lot of, lot of shit's been going on. Uh Life gets in the way. Life is – you never know what life's going to throw at you. So, um, that's, that's right, Forrest. <laughs> right. Uh, I guess Trey Turner didn't, didn't know what was going to be thrown his way today. I mean, maybe he did. Because... I, I think he did. <laughs> Hitting two home runs in one inning. He became the 59th player, I believe, in the major leagues uh, to hit two homers in one inning. Yeah, it, it just seems like ever since the standing ovation, he like something clicked and, and, and he's not his asshole isn't clenched up. He's not, you know, death grip in the bat anymore. He's he's kind of turning into the Trey Turner that the Phillies thought they were getting when they when they signed him to that massive contract. So, I mean, all all is good with the Phillies. All is good with with Trey Turner tonight. Uh, you know, now they have a chance to win the series against those those pesky Nats. I mean, the, the Nats have really been hanging around. Uh, in these Phillies games for some reason. Um, but yeah, I, they, I never understand why Philadelphia's struggles again. Well, I, I shouldn't say that because they didn't struggle against the Nationals last year. They, uh, I think they were like 18 and four against them for the year. But the Marlins, it, it, it seems to always give Philly trouble. And, and it's kind of like the, it seems like, like the Eagles sometimes play down to the level of their competition. And I think that's what the Phillies do. Like they just, I mean, maybe they don't take these other teams serious or whatever, but, but yeah, they, uh, I mean, they get a chance, they rebound after last night's loss. And like you said, you get a chance to, to notch another series win. And um, I, I'll tell you, like, it, it's crazy, but I really think that they're going to be a very tough out in the playoffs. I oh, can I- guarantee that nobody's looking forward to facing them. No, I agree. I mean, despite the you know their their struggles this season at, at times, and and coming off that twin series, you thought maybe the Phillies are gonna kind of teeter back and forth, and you know 
win some series, lose some series, win some series, lose. It's kind of like the Aaron Nola experience this season where it's like, oh, my God, he's awful. He sucks. <laughs> Get him out of here. And then the next game he looks like an ace. And then uh, then it's two or three straight bad games. And then it's like it, there is no – I mean, they haven't been – like I remember the Yankees of last year, first half, that team was like – I mean, you couldn't – you could throw – anybody on the other side and and i would bet money on the yankees every single night i mean right. then almost the, like the braves yeah right right <laughs> and uh yeah the braves of this year you could say that um that, that's yeah. a that's a great comparison but yeah they they obviously hit the ball great today it's funny it was i think it was three years since uh the reds announcer uh i think it was a racial remark he made on the air and then he got basically he was kind of telling everybody um, you know, I don't know if I'll be able to put this headset on again. And then he, while he's saying that, he's like, oh, by the way, there's a drive to the left center and Cassiano's hit the home run. Like Cassiano's always hits the home run at the worst timing. Uh, <laughs> like like they'll be talking about, I think the Phillies were talking about um, like ALS or some, some, some type of you know, research that, you know, they were giving money away. It was a charity thing they were doing. And then as Tom McCarthy's talking about that, Cassiano sits home. Like it's just, <laughs> it never fails that for whatever reason. But today, Cassiano's hit a home run on the third third anniversary of that, his home. <laughs> of, of that awesome. home run of, of when he was on the Reds. They were they were playing the Royals, and that's like a famous clip, like where, um, you know, Cass. It's just like that's known around the social yeah. media world, especially. So it, okay. it's okay. Um, nice. But yeah, I mean the Philly Phillies are are they definitely hit the ball good today. I they're still leading the wild card and and yeah, I mean the sky's the limit for this team. We we don't really know where you know their end destination. It's hard. It's really really hard to say. But like you said very well, it's uh, they would be a tough out and they they do have picking up Lorenzen, even though he got absolutely rocked on Friday night. Um, I still think will be crucial down this you know in the playoffs for them. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, if you just get done winning, uh, throwing a no-hitter, I think you're, you're entitled to get a bad outing here or there. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, the, the, like, it's just going to be – when they are on, I, I would stack them up against anybody, even, even the Braves, like, because their hitting is so good when, when it's connecting that I think that they're – now, the – like – if they if they're on and they're playing the Braves, that game could be a football game. It could be it could be fourteen thirteen or something like that. Like because the, I think their hitting can overcome the Braves pitching, but the Braves hitting is just lights out this year too. I mean, it's just they might be one of the most complete teams I've seen in a long time. Yeah, uh, I, I just saw Spencer Strider did something for the first time in like one hundred and six years. Uh, he was. He had like four or five consecutive. I think he had five consecutive starts where he had double-digit strikeouts and one, uh, two or less hits. Yeah, he he's an absolute menace. That guy is. Um, it's funny. Oh yeah, the Orioles. The Orioles hit at seventy-six wins, which they're actually you know a full four four games behind in the win column, but the. Uh, the Braves, yeah, they're sitting there at 80 wins already. I mean, it's just the 80 and 42. They're you've absolutely um just been dominant since since really game one. I mean, this team has yet to really have a hiccup. Um, the lineup 
the Braves lineup one through nine is is arguably one of the best lineups in baseball when it's clicking. I mean, Matt Olson, it's funny. Everybody was like, oh, my God, you know, they lost Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers. You know, that that's a huge hole to fill. Matt Olson's come in and he's been better, arguably better. You know what I mean? So, um, like, just this season, this season alone, Matt Olson is hitting uh, 271 with Shoot. 43 homers, 108 ribbies. Yeah, I don't necessarily 40. think he's been better. I mean, he's having a hell of a year this year, but even still, he's only he's still only he he might have more power than than Freddie, but Freddie was a higher average hitter. Um, but I think to to your point, they didn't skip a beat when they they went from Freddie to Olson. I don't necessarily it's more power, less average, but yeah, it's it's not the significant drop off that they thought was going to happen. I apologize for interrupting you, but no, 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 no. You're you're exactly right there. I'm not gonna, um, you know, there's some things we disagree on. Matt McGloin being one of them, but no, I mean it's. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, I, I def, definitely, uh, def. I mean, yeah, they, they they've not skipped the beat, like you said. It's that that organization is just run very fundamentally well. I mean, I, I think they just they're the model of consistency. And it's funny, like I'll never forget in Moneyball when, when Billy Bean's talking about you know getting rid, like they're losing Jason Giambi, they're losing Johnny Damon. I forget, uh, I can't remember. Ingram Hasm. Israel, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's he's basically saying how we're the we're we're the, we're, the, we're the organ donors for the for the, for the rich, rich yeah. teams. Yeah, we're the organ donors for the rich, and like it's so funny because you know pulling up Matt Olson's stats. I mean, you see. Oakland, 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 <laughs> Oakland, and then you know, obviously, exactly, they don't have money to re-sign him, and then bang, there he goes out the door at 27 years old, and I mean, he's been, I mean, he has 219 home runs in in, in his eight-year career. Like the guy is, he's a stud, and the, and like that's another another Oakland A's pro, uh, you know, project that uh, they just can't hang on to. It's just, God, that team is abysmal, and it just it sucks. It's not good for baseball. I think that the the A's. I mean, at least they produce players because, like, they end up on better on other teams. But they're like the Pirates. It's the same. You, you see these guys come up and they're like, oh, my God, look who the Pirates have. Three years later, they are on a different team. So, And that's why I think what makes Andrew McCutcheon so fascinating was the fact that he stayed with Pittsburgh for, for as long as he did. And now he's back there. But I, I can remember. And you're absolutely right about the Pirates. I mean, I remember the Pirates in the early 90s when they made the – two National League championship series in a row, losing to the Braves. They had Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonilla, Doug Drabeck. I mean, they had, like, these fantastic all-stars. And then since then, they produce good talent, and they just refuse to sign them. And you were talking about not being good for baseball. I mean, we're disgruntled as, as Philadelphia fans because – we get our heart broken and all that stuff. But could you imagine being like a Pittsburgh Pirates fan or an Oakland A's fan? At least, I mean, we've had like disappointment of being making the World Series and losing or whatever, but we're there. Like, well, the you got yeah. that's just got to be a, a tough road to hoe. Yeah. And me being like a quasi, you know, Phillies Orioles, like, and I talk about that a lot is like, I mean, there's years of the Orioles where you just want to run your head through a wall because it's just, I mean, yes. it'll, it'll be eight to one in the fifth inning. And it's just like, my God, and there's 20 people at the game. I mean, it's just a bad look. And like, I've been there plenty. And, and you know, 
after like I would say like twenty what like thirteen fourteen like those those years for the Phillies were were there were some teams they put out that were god awful like you didn't know anybody on the team like a bunch of no names bunch of triple A you know it was like the Oakland A's of this year, right. um, but the Phillies at least. In the and I and correct me if I'm wrong. I think the Phillies are like one of the only baseball teams with ten thousand losses or whatever. So they they definitely had their their hardships. But in the last like two decades, they've been very competitive at the very least. And like you said, like it's not, as a Phillies fan, you have hope. Like the, you cannot tell me that like going into maybe some people will argue that point and be like, well, at game one, um, you know, we had hope as Oakland A's fans or. <laughs> We had a hope as uh, Detroit Tigers, whatever you know, whatever teams you want to point to that are really bad right now. But like you can say that, but like I mean, the Pirates started out. I think they were like twenty and nine at one twenty and eight, and I was like, damn, like they might actually, you know, this might be a different type of season for them. You know, these young guys are really showing, and like they have some talent. Oh, they always do have some talent. Like where Oakland, not only you can argue they have no talent. I, I really and uh, right you're now, right about that. Um, but looking at the Pirates from 1993 to 2023, so that's what 30 years they made the playoffs three times. Yeah, like the oh, the A's, uh, like the A's, uh, ha- they had a stretch in the um right like from 2007 to 2011 they 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 missed the playoffs five years in a row, but they made the playoffs like. So they're doing it with, and that's more, I don't know if it's, it's great coaching or they, they have all, they do produce these players and then they can't keep them. But I mean, that's, I'm just looking at, so from 93 and now they, they were really bad in the nineties uh, from 93 to 99, they didn't make the playoffs at all. Um, but then uh, they had the, the money ball years, four years in a row they made. Now they, they lost four years in a row in the ALDS, three games to two, or four games to two. God, that's brutal. I, like that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, three, three, three to two in the ALDS. And then uh, in 06, they made the uh, – they played for the pennant and got swept. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, it was the, oh, it was the Tigers. You, uh, can you think of any of the any pictures on the Tigers that year? Which which year of the mid two thousands or? Yeah, two thousand six. Uh, which was that? Which Scherzer was there, or not? is that to uh, the other one? Verlander. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to like that. That seems so. I mean, that is long. I mean, you're almost talking twenty years at this point. Like exactly. And, and they were there. I mean, that, that, yeah, that when Scherzer and Verlander back in the day, Tiger, I know they used to beat up on the Yankees all the time. So I, I, uh, I had a soft spot for that Tigers team. I always, you know, kind of liked that Tigers team, to be honest with you. So, yeah. Um, I yeah, like they're hitting. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's, you got to think though, like, I mean, like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's the one that always like fails to amaze me because, like the stadium's beautiful. They have a history there. Like I think they have four or five World Series all time, maybe four. Um, like they've had six. It's not like they've been a dumpster fire forever. And like they care enough to build uh, a, a beautiful stadium. And like for them not to pay, like they 
they paid Brian Reynolds, which I think they pretty much had to, because if they didn't pay him, it's like, all right, they're never gonna like. Right. No, what are you doing here? Like, right, like it, it's completely pointless. Um, because he's been a he's been a really consistent good player for them, and uh, obviously a uh, a farm piece that you know came up through the system and just he, he's excelled. But um, other than that, like other than and and bringing back McCutcheon, I'm sure sells some tickets or or did sell some tickets. Obviously, I. I remember, I think opening day there, that that place was going nuts uh, for, and like rightly so. McCutcheon's one of their best players, arguably all yeah. time. Um, but I, it just like it seems like they care, but they just don't. They they want to run it super cheap, and they want to be penny pinchers, and like that can work to a certain extent, but it, it's not. It's it, it just hasn't. It, it hasn't. They're not the Rays. They don't have the scouting department that the Rays do, or the Orioles. Or, or the Orioles this year and or the last you know. – Well, and, and not just this year. This has been, I mean, a, a pro. I mean, you, the Sixers are always talking about the process. This has been the process. And, and I mean, I, I have uh, – I've seen some of your uh, tweets and stuff like that about the, uh, the Angelos, and, and I completely <laughs> agree with you. Um, but this is what they've been doing for – the better part of a decade and they've just and they're doing it very well like their, their draft picks have i'm sure they, they've missed on some but they seem to hit with much more regularity than than a lot of other ones and, and it's just uh really impressive um i and i i like i i wish the phillies would have gotten the cutchin sooner because when he played with the Phillies, that was that he was one of my favorite players. Like I've always liked McCutcheon, even though I hate the Pirates. I've always loved Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> I don't think I've ever, and maybe like a Cubs Cubs fan, Reds fan, Brewer, like anybody in their division, uh, I should say, like saying I hate the Pirates. But like it's just fun. Like not 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 uh, nothing against you, but oh yeah, well see, but just the funny. Pirates used to be in my division. Yeah, no, they, that... they used to be in the NLEs, but this is so. This is why I hate the Pirates. It's, it's a neat little story. Um, one of my best friends from high school, she was two years uh, older than me, and her uncle was the team physician for the Texas Rangers when George W. Bush owned them. And so she like she's met she had met George Bush and stuff like had pictures with them and stuff like that. So in the early '90s, when the Pirates were, when I was talking about Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonilla and Doug Jerry back, they were really good back then. Andy Van Slyke, um, and they they made those two NLCSs against the Braves. Uh, this so this girl, um, her name was Amy. Amy went out to Duquesne to to go to college for nursing school, and she had said, she's just like Jam. When if the Pirates win against the Braves, I've got tickets to the World Series. All you need to do is get out here. You have, you've got your ticket, and you can stay, crash in my place. So I'm like, I'm going to a World Series game. Like, fucking hey, that's fantastic. Hell yeah. So I'm like, so now I'm like, again, I don't really like the Pirates or in my division, but I didn't hate them yet. Like, it wasn't set in me. So I'm, I'm a big, big Pirates fan. It was my senior year of college and my freshman year, year up. It was my, I'm sorry, senior year of high school and freshman year of college. And so I'm rooting really, really hard for these fucking pirates, and they lose both years. So that, from the moment they lost their last game in 92, done. Like, 
The only time I would root against now, like if they needed to, if I need them to beat the Braves for something, if I need them to win to help the Phillies, other than that, they're dead to me. Um, now this, this girl, this friend there, she did come through. Um, she got tickets to the 1993 all-star game that was in Camden Yards. They need to and, bring it, they need to bring it back to Camden. Oh, mean, they do. That would be a spec, not just saying that cause you know, I'm, I am a Orioles homeboy for, for that, but like that stadium is, is beautiful. And like, yes. To have a home run derby there, like a whole nine would be – I'd love to see that. I mean, it's it, – It was a really neat – because uh, Ripken was still with the Orioles then. I mean, his streak was still alive. And that was just – it was a very, very neat spectacle. Um, just – yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, they had the – so I remember they had um, a lot of attractions and activities for fans besides the game. And so they had this one thing. It was um, it was a pitching batting cage, and down where they had the the ball come out of the machine, they had a video screen, and you could pick any pitcher that you wanted to hit off of, and they'd go through the motion, and then as they released the ball, the ball would come out at you, and I, yeah, it, it, it it was really cool, and I remember. Uh, you and you could they had maybe like 10 different pitchers so uh, me being being the uh, Philly fan that I am because remember this is the year that the Phillies made the World Series losing to the Rays um, so they were in the middle of, uh, of a fantastic run um, but I, I like you know what I want to hit against Tom Blatt so it wasn't like this was pitching at 85 90 miles an hour it's probably coming about 65 or whatever but uh, because I had played baseball growing up and in high school, I was able to, like, I, I, I hit the ball five, they gave you five pitches and most of the people get up there and they swing. I mean, most of the people didn't make contact at all. Um, if they, if they were really good, they, they fouled off. I think maybe like out of 20 people before me, two of them actually hit the ball and play. <laughs> and, and I cracked uh, maybe the only time in my entire life I hit five like rockets. They they were all I mean I don't it wouldn't have been home runs or anything, but they were all like really solid line drives. They would have been hits so a couple of them, and everybody's just like, oh my gosh, you need to be in this fucking game. Like you're an all star. I'm like yeah yeah whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because I was not a hitter when I was when I was playing. Uh, hitting was definitely not my forte. Uh, but you couldn't t- tell it by this hitting at display that I put on. Hey, I mean that's to have a good day. That that sounds like the that, day to have a good yeah, day. Yeah, you're not lying. Yeah, that was exactly right. To uh to switch, I mean to talk about a team that, I mean you have you obviously have the same for the Pirates and and. Well deserved. Like after that story, I, I totally see why. Uh, I have an absolute disdain switching gears a little bit to a different sport, but the the 49ers continuously blow my mind. On they they are the biggest bitch of a franchise that exists in the end. I they're worse to me. They're ten times worse than the Cowboys. They're worse than the Patriots. I I, I just cannot stand. Like so, this week I forget what exactly I lost my link here, but I had a link to. Uh, radio station out of San Francisco. They they went on, and this was just this week we're talking about. Um, not like it, the game just ended. The NFC Championship was what in 
January. So now yep. we're, uh, you know, seven months past that occurring. And they proceeded to, the, and I'm sure it was clickbait and then they got what they wanted, I'm sure. But they, so the Eagles, for anybody that doesn't know, and, and most people know, but the Eagles have a quote unquote, uh, quote unquote fight song. And I'm, I'm not even the biggest like Homer of that. Like, I think it's a little cheesy. It's a little corny, but it works, you know, and they, they've had it for quite some time and, and it's, and it's all good. It's true. It's true. Right. And like, I got no, no problem with it. I've never once said, let's get rid of it. Whatever. Incredibly cheesy though. Yeah. That's what I think. I, I mean, like, you know, if I get some heat for that, so be it, but that's, that's my honest, honest opinion. Right. And that, that's what it is. But they did uh they did a rendition and they said, cry Eagles cry. And then they said, die Eagles die in the one in the second verse. And it was all about like, uh, you know, just just completely trashing the Eagles like, the entire time, um, and like very in in like a joking manner, yes, but it, in some ways it was a little bit like malicious. Like you could tell they they absolutely do hate the Eagles, and I, it, it's so funny to me that like all Hassan Reddick did was burst through the line and blow up uh, Brock Purdy's arm. Like it wasn't like he threw him around like a rag ball and, and broke his neck or something. It wasn't a malicious hit at all. It was it was right. a pure football hit. And like this this fan base and this football team, I mean, Debo Samuels come out and said the Eagles didn't really beat us. Um, what's his name? Brandon Ayuk said something to the same effect. Like they are absolutely dead to me. I hope they never win another game, truth be told. I know that's like – that's obviously not going to happen, but like I, I will – for. Just because of the the last, I loved when they failed with Jimmy G because I didn't ever like Jimmy G either. Like I just everything about that uh, the the uniforms, everything about the 49ers, I cannot, I can't get behind. And like they're making it exponentially worse with this. Like they they don't even say that they lost. Like okay, good for you, I guess. I don't know. Right. Well, I mean. The- the Eagles are finally starting to realize what happened to the Patriots and the Cowboys when these teams continually have success over, uh, like the Colts. Colts fans hate the Patriots because for the longest time, the Patriots owned them, uh, and, right. and so success is going to do that to to a team, um, and subsequently, so is failure. So these, I mean, obviously these fans are just and. It, are just like sour grapes or whatever. And I mean, okay, boo fucking who. Um, and, and the thing is like, again, being a little bit older and, and whatnot, I remember the Niners to me are st- will ever be the, will forever be the Montana Niners. So I, I don't like what they're doing now. Like, uh, like that's, but again, that's that comes from success. If the Eagles, I mean, the Eagles have made the Niners look bad, and I mean, these players can say whatever they want, but everybody that watches that game knows exactly what happened. The Eagles fucking owned it. Like there was no, it wasn't, it wasn't close. And yeah, they, they weren't prepared to go maybe without Purdy or whatever. But if and Purdy was having a good game, but they didn't lose that game because Brock Purdy got hurt. They lost that game because they played a superior team in every facet of the game. And so that, like, can it can rub you the wrong way. I, I, I totally get that. Um, 
I mean, for NFL teams, it'll always be the Cowboys. Uh, it's just until uh, – and I, there are teams, like players that I don't like or coaches. Well, actually, I don't think I've ever disliked. I don't think I've ever – no, I take that back. I hate Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> uh, with a pat, but that came – I mean, that stemmed from from Penn State days and stuff like that. And then, and then like, how about the Cowboys? Like, oh, my God. And I hate Barry Switzer, too. So, but my hatred of coaches basically, I think, comes stems from more Penn State related than, than Eagles. But um, just like I hate James Franklin. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And thank you. That brings that concludes tonight's version of the Brutally Honest podcast. <laughs> no, um, no, I'm, I'm now, I guess this, this clip just resurfaced. So it, it was back. It was like a three days after this game, but oh, okay. So they didn't make it; it just resurfaced. But they actually had made it right after. Yeah, and I was trying to, but like all these Philly, Philly pages were sharing it, and I, I don't know, like if the 49ers reshare. Like I know there's been a lot of talks this this 49ers Eagles game this year is going to be a bloodbath. This and that, like it's going to be. I'm sure it's going to be chippy. I can't wait. I mean, I hope I hope they pull George Kittle's little ponytail out of his head. Uh, I, I just. <laughs> Uh, it, it, they are just, I'm sorry, but they are just a cancerous franchise to me. Like I cannot stand this team with every, like you say, with every fiber in your being. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I hate Brock Purdy. I think he's a, he's a, like a little cocky prick. I, I, I just can't Kyle Shanahan thinks he's a gangster wearing the flap rim hat, even though every time the playoffs come around, he forgets what he's doing it, or the <laughs> Super Bowl for that matter. Like, I just can every everything inside. Like I hope, hope they stay at. The, I mean, they have five rings. Obviously, they did something right. Um, you know, dra- I mean, draft like you said, they were the Montana Niners. What they get two with Steve Young then? No, just one. Just one. Yeah, Montana got four. Young got one. Um, okay. But like Jerry Rice, like they they've had great players, and like I can recognize teams that I like. The Cowboys had great players, and. Like even as much as I hate the Cowboys now because of, because of my love for Penn State, I I want Micah to go out and have like five sacks every game and for the Cowboys to lose forty nine to nothing. Like right. That, right. that's a perfect world for me. So I can I can root for players and but more importantly I can recognize that teams that I hate are still potentially good like or when they do something good and that's what really makes what these these Niner fan or players, not even the stupid fans, but the players, is just you know what? Have a little class. Like you got beat. Like just own it. Like you, it, it just you, that's what I mean. Like it's it's I I I've never liked them for whatever. I, I just have always had some disdain. Like I could argue right now, I hate them a thousand times harder than the Cowboys because the, the the fact that they they sit there and say like we didn't really lose like. When the Cowboys lose, like I remember Dak Prescott, and it was hilarious. Like I was like, I can't hate Dak Prescott for this because I, I, he's just hilarious. Like the, uh, I guess the there was questionable calls in that game uh, against the Niners last year in the playoffs, and the fans were throwing stuff at the uh, at the refs as they were running into the tunnel in Dallas, and they told Dak about that, and Dak kind of shrugged, and he was like. Oh, good on them! Like he's like, like basically, can, you know, sticking up for the fans, throwing stuff at the refs. Which to me, that's hilarious. Like it's just, it's a soundbite. Like it's, it's. I, I'm, I can't stand refs of any sport, and like it is what it is. Like I, I shouldn't 
feel that way. They're kind of like the police of the field, though. So I'm gonna be like, ah, you know, shove it. But the not like the fact that the like the play. It's not so much even the player. Like it's not even so much the fans. It's these douchebags on the radio, and it's the the, the players on the team saying, oh well, we you know. The Eagles didn't really win. We didn't really lose. Like, sh- shut your mouth, man. Like, that is you're you're a little bitch. Like, like uh, Brandon Ayuk is a little bitch, and uh, and uh, I forget his uh, Debo saying it doesn't even matter what his name is because <laughs> nobody nobody's gonna care when they go home in the playoffs again. But I just now, I, I do I have to admit though I I I like Purdy only because he was Mister Irrelevant. So. He's got a little bit of a of an underdog story going for him, See, um, and and not to cut you, just uh, real quick. Uh, my my roommate's a, a Ravens fan. He's like, oh, you you know, you just don't like Brock Purdy. Like, you just have it out for him. And like, I will admit, like since day one, I, I he's like, I hate the face. He's like one of them. Like, I see that guy, and I'm like, that he's a douchebag. Like, he just. There's people from day one where I'm like, I don't like that guy. I can't really put my thumb, my finger on it. It's not, it's not fair. Like, I'm not saying I, I want this guy to get hit by a car in traffic. Like, it's not that deep. <laughs> but, but like when he's when he when he's on the like when he's on the field, I'm like, man, I I this guy's he's a to me he's a product of the system. Yeah, he played well, but like put him on the Detroit Lions and let me see him do. He would not be doing this. I can I can assure you. You put him on even the Steelers last year with that offensive line mess atrocity that they have. He would not like. I think he went to the perfect situation. I'm not saying he's a bum. I'm not saying that, but he's not like this holy god that people are making him out to be. Right, you know? and, right. and you hit the nail on the head. He's a product of the system, and that doesn't. So yeah, he may not be as physically gifted as an Aaron Rodgers or a Jalen Hurts for for that matter, but. He's successful, um, and I, I don't like when you come from a, a small. I mean, Iowa State's still a Power Five school, but it's a smaller school. Like it's not, um, they're not known for putting out their NFL stars, or if they are, I don't know. I know of, of some, but uh, so like I root for that underdog. But uh, addressing your point of like seeing somebody and just like disliking them from the rip from just how they look, I. I Totally understand that. I don't feel it for Brock, but I I make snap judgments all the time on people. I'm just like, yeah, this guy's a douche. Like he's just <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, that's that's not right. But when it's sport, like I said, it's sports. It's not like I'm yeah. like if he retired tomorrow and be like, oh, I hope that guy gets fired from the first. Yeah, game. you don't you don't wish him ill will. Like you don't want to like to like you said to <laughs> get hit by a car in traffic, but you want him to fail in their sport or whatever. Yeah, I totally get that. Like. I mean, at the end of the day, like all these guys are given an opportunity that's like it's a great opportunity. Like regardless of how you look at it, like even I don't know, he's making five hundred thousand or whatever. Like he's still playing a game that he loves for his career, and he was the last pick in the draft. He's kind of secured his his place in the NFL, right? Like even if Trey Lance would beat him out or some something crazy would happen, like he's gonna have another. He's gonna have a shot somewhere. Like somebody would pick him up. He'd be a number two or number three. Like he's not going to be out of the league tomorrow. He'll have a couple of years because yeah. just because of what he did last season. Like, and I'm not taking that away from him. It's just like he he's and God. Like there was all these rumors 
swirling like, oh my God, uh, Tom Brady might finish out his career in San Fran. But if that happened, I I probably would just immediately break something. Like I'd have to break something. Like, that is like the match made in hell for me. Like I, not only do I hate the 49ers, I can't stand Tom Brady. So it's like well, it would be a match. I'm a perfect match. It would sounds like that's exactly what should happen. Like oh, no. that's pretty funny. Uh, no, but oh man, I I just it's just so funny that that these these professional athletes like these these guys are like you say are professional in what they do most i mean you know they they try and conduct themselves as as such they 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 sit there and say oh we didn't really lose like that is just that's the epitome of like you are because i've i've played video games against my friends and i'm like you didn't really win because you know that pitch i put that pitch in the bottom <laughs> corner of the strike zone and really it went high even though the game you know, fucked me or whatever. And then right. three run home run and went, you know, so I've been there, but like, if you're, if you're talking to the, to the, the country basically, and you're saying, Oh, we didn't really lose. Like, okay, man. Like, I don't know. What, what do I tell you? It what just is- shows a lack of maturity and, and which is, you'd like to see your professionals be a little bit more mature, but I mean, a lot of times these they're they're overgrown kids, and they think and they act as such. And so, I I mean, I totally get because I I've said it millions of times. Like, oh well, you didn't beat me; I beat myself. Like that that take that seems to like try to take away a little bit of the the luster from your win and stuff like that. And I mean, they can say whatever they want, but I mean, everybody knows what happened. Like, <laughs> all you have to do is watch the fucking game. And, and, I mean, they got destroyed. <laughs> And and what's scary too is like I I had legitimate fear that they were gonna beat us that day. Like I I was like, I, I'm I'm never that team to me. I never discredit them because like they've gone in. I mean yeah, Dallas loses in the playoffs every year, but they went into Dallas, beat them how many times? They absolutely own. I mean Aaron Rodgers going flashing the belt, uh, saying, "Oh, I Chicago, I own you, I own you." <laughs> and then and then the 49ers show up and they're like, "Yeah, well, we, you, I'm your daddy, bitch." It's cuz you can't beat us ever. So, they the 49ers have beaten the Packers a million times, they've beaten the the Cowboys. So, I was a little bit like scared that, you know, they might find a way to beat the Eagles that day if if Purdy would have stayed healthy, I I don't know. I still think the Eagles win that game, but I I I, I am fearful of them. I I don't I never overlooked them, I should say, but I, I cannot stand them. I'll put it that way. Uh, so to go from, you know, a team that lost in the NFC Championship game, just to make that clear, uh, to, <laughs> to the team that uh, won. They didn't just lose. They got beat. They yeah. didn't lose. They got beat. They got Down hard. Beat. Yeah, for all, the, for all the Jersey Shore fans out there, like Jay Wow would say, <laughs> you can stay and get your ass beat. You can stay and get your ass beat, or you can stay and get your fucking ass beat. That's what the 49ers got. Uh, what, but was uh, she the hottest yeah. Jersey girl? No, definitely in my book, Sam, uh, Sammy. Yeah, Sammy Sweetheart. Yeah, I, I from day like from the second from day like, one, absolutely. Yeah, I was like, yep, she's the one. Yeah, I mean, Jenny had a, a, an amazing body and she was slutty. I mean, but yeah, Sammy was like, she had that to me, she had that classic beauty, like without the makeup and shit like that, she's still gonna look good. Yeah, she was the like uh, Jay Wild's probably and and they call her Jay. I mean, if you yeah. got like Jay Wow, that's that's not the girl you bring home to mom. But uh, no, I think uh, I think Sammy's like the girlfriend material one. 
Now, j might be the, the best one-nighter of, of the crew, but uh, yeah. I think Sammy, Sammy, I was like, man, like from day, like. I, yeah, I was in love with Sammy as well. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> right. But. Yeah. Uh, Never snooky. No, no. And, and Dina was even worse. I mean, she was just. She was just a bitch. Like she, <laughs> I don't even count her. Like, I guess she, she probably was on as long as not longer than Sammy. But how the fuck did this conversation evolve into a, a recap of the New Jersey Shore girls? Well, it's, uh, you know, Del- Delaware County, Jersey, Philly. It's all the same thing. Uh, yeah. But no, uh. To go to the Eagles like preseason so far, I mean they're they're o one and one. Not that anybody cares. Um, but and tying with the Browns, that was pretty funny. Uh, it's such a Browns thing to do. But <laughs> the, uh, Marcus Mariota, you know, they bring him in. Obviously, uh, they weren't going to pay Minshew. I guess what what he was commanding. Which I mean, I, in my book, I, I will forever like Minshew. I don't care. I mean, outside of if he went to like Dallas or definitely 49ers or. Or the uh, the Patriots, I'll, I'll pull for Minshew. You know, him being on the Colts with uh, Shane Steichen, obviously the, the former OC for the Eagles. Like, I have no problem pulling for them a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, Mariota, I, I, I could not be less sold on, on this guy so far. I mean, he, he's he been – in my opinion, he is a bust. I mean, like, he was drafted, I think, top ten to the Titans way back. I mean, he's been in the league forever now. I think it's his ninth or tenth, tenth season, but – he looks kind of abysmal to me in the preseason, and this, and we're talking about the preseason. This is he's playing twos and threes, and he's air, air mailing the ball left and right. I mean, he looked he looked better, I would say, against the Ravens than he did in this game. But I, I mean, he just I don't know. He his footwork is terrible. I was listening to the Eagle Eye podcast with with Dave, uh, with Ruben Frank and Dave Zingaro. And they were like the good guy. This guy is just like, they basically uttering the same thing. <laughs> um, okay. So to address, he's uh, playing against twos and threes, uh, very true, but also remember he's playing with twos and threes as well. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. But to, to your point of like, not, I think he's I think he's an upgrade from Minshew. I don't dislike Minshew, but I was disappointed because I didn't he didn't do with Philly what he did with Jacksonville, I think it was. Um and so I was I was a little actually to be honest, I was a little disappointed with Minshew. I, I, I expected more from him when when Jalen went down last year. Um uh also just to let you know, Marcus was the second overall pick in 2015. <laughs> um, so to say his career is a bust is uh, a bit of an understatement uh, because this kid, when he came out of college and we were talking about this off air, I mean, he was just, I mean, he was amazing and he never won a Heisman, but he was, I think probably the closest that an Oregon player ever, ever came to winning a Heisman. And, yeah, he's he's been a bust. Uh, I think when if Jalen ever goes down, it doesn't matter who's there. I'm not going to feel secure. And but I think that Mariota has a better chance of performing well longer than 
Tanner McKee. Um, and I, I realize that he's only a rookie. But, yeah, I mean, Marcus has not looked good at all. Um, he didn't look he didn't look horrible the first game. He looked god-awful the second game, though. He was just absolutely atrocious. Um, but, I mean, the first preseason game wasn't bad. Speaking of preseason, Matt Barkley of the Buffalo Bills is 14 of 15. I know we, we're not supposed to talk stats, but he missed one, one incomplete pass the whole game. Yeah, so 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 see that goes in my in my argument bank for he's playing with twos and threes and he's fourteen of fifteen. Like my 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 thing is like and I'm not trying like I totally get like you you bring up a good point and like he's playing with twos and threes. You know, let's keep that in mind. Like the offensive line looked. I mean, that offensive line looked horrible. Um, uh, to be honest with you, at times in this Cleveland game, I didn't watch all of it, but I. You know, I caught most of, of when he was in, at least. Um, I didn't see a ton of McKee. I saw McKee against the Ravens, and I, I really did like what I saw. I think that kid has. See, and I didn't see the Ravens. I saw the end of the Browns, and maybe I was a little jaded because I had Philly minus three and a half. So, because I am a true degenerate, I gamble on the NFL preseason, <laughs> along with the Canadian Football League and the Korean Baseball Organization. <laughs> but so I, I could have been a little jaded. Uh, McKee's arm looked severely lacking and which was a little disconcerting. And, and but you're you're right. You want Mariota to be to perform better, even if he is playing with twos and threes. I mean, if you've got that talent level or if you you're supposed to have that talent level, it doesn't. It, you, you should at least take your receivers. I mean, whether they drop them or not, you can't control them, but put them in a, in a situation where they can catch them. And that's, that was going to, yeah, that was going to be my next point. Like the fact that he's like airmailing, like, it, like you said, if he's hitting people in the hands, you know, I wouldn't be having this conversation, but he's skipping the ball into him. I mean, he, he's throwing it. Like you you got the broad side of a barn right in front of you and he'd miss it. You know what I mean? It's right. just like. He's mechanically unsound right now. Right. And like, I was never like, I, I thought in Tennessee, he might do something, you know, again, like, again, we go back to the fact he was drafted number two overall. Like I thought, you know, that, that was like, after he left Tennessee, I was like, he, he sucks. Like he's not the fact that, you know, he had to end up at the Raiders and then, you know, he played some games. He just, he's never been even close to what people thought he would be. He's, and like, yeah, I, I like the fact he's more mobile than Minshew was, but at the same rate, like I, I, I kind of have to disagree with you a little bit. I, I think like Minshew played pretty well against that. I mean, I know they lost that game and he threw a couple of picks, but one of those picks was completely on Quez Watkins. Like, I don't even know what the hell he was doing on that, that last season, but um, I thought Minshew played really good against Dallas. I mean, he had that, I think that game against the Saints where they scored, like, that game was hard. I mean, I can't defend him there. Um, yeah, maybe that – well, I mean, because he played, what, like two or three games for for Phil yeah. last year. Yeah, and that, and that Dallas game, like, he – I think they put up 38 points in their defense. Yeah, they came back. They made that great comeback. Yeah, he didn't look bad there. You're absolutely right. It was the Saints game where I think what we put – we scored three. Um, yeah, that was awful. Yeah, I'll give you that. But I, I don't think like if and you know this is hypothetical now and we can't really project or, or look at that. But like if you put Marcus Mariota in you know behind center against 
the Dallas defense that was last year, I bet my I bet my life savings that he would look worse than Minshew did in that in that particular game. There's no way he, with the way he looks right now, and like I know he'd probably look better with AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard and everybody else. But I I still I mean if you can't if your airmail and passes to you know whoever these second thirds great I mean he goes to he looks down Greg Ward every time he's like all right I'm gonna go to Greg Ward all right I'm gonna go to Greg it's like okay it's like a pitcher throwing only a fastball like all right man let's let's be a little bit a little bit more unpredictable I mean I I just I really don't I didn't like this signing when they picked him up I really honest to God I didn't and like I, I'm like hey I mean you got you got our our main man Carson Wentz still out there. Why not bring him back? And the, <laughs> let, can you imagine? I wouldn't be a. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that because uh, I was always a Wentz fan. Uh, he was probably one of the the biggest hot takes that I ever had wrong because I was incredibly disappointed when the Eagles traded up to get Jalen. I just thought that was a horrible move and because I, I respect Jalen's athletic ability. I just never thought he'd be a good quarterback and I've never been so happy to be so wrong in my life. Like I think now is like, I, I, I completely have all the faith in the world in Jalen. Yeah. I mean, I, I honest to God and, and, you know, people, I, I got criticized heavily for it, but I was, I was glad when they drafted Jalen hurts only because I was like, I, I could see Carson Wentz being like, and whenever there's a guy that's injury, that's been through multiple injuries, I don't trust them to stay healthy for a second. So I'm like, all right, like go get this kid, see what he can do. Like if he's, if he's a career backup, great. If he steps in for what, cause I was like, Wentz will get hurt again. I promise you that. And <laughs> sure enough, he did. And you know, they haven't looked back and like, that's been obviously the probably the, one of the best things that's happened to, to the Eagles. On, I mean, on, on Unfortunate circumstances. Like I'm not saying I, I was like rooting for Carson Wentz to get hurt. I was just yeah, like no, of course going not. to like it's just. But like when he went to the Colts, I was like, damn. Like I hope this guy, you know, figures. Like I never hated Wentz, and there's all those reports that he's like a selfish asshole and like he just right. he, he, egomaniac, whatever. But um, he comes off really well. I'll say that. Like it, if <laughs> if he is that way, he at least hide. Like there's guys like. Pete Alonso does not hide it very well. Like he seems like an asshole. He is an asshole, you know, like whatever. But um, yeah, it's crazy though. Like, I don't know if you, not to go off completely off tangent, but Carson was, was like in a field. Did you see that, that he was, he's wearing his Eagles helmet. He's got the commander's Jersey and then he's got the Colts pants on. I'm like, man, this guy is losing his mind. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. I saw that. Uh, was that when he killed the bear or whatever, and he was getting all sorts? No, of no, oh, no. That God. was uh, this was like last week or so, and he was like, "I'm still basically." He's like, "I'm still out here. Like, I'm still, I'm still throwing the rock around." But like, it was, it was like, "Why are you like?" He's so he he's just his own person. Like he's <laughs> all out there, but yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that you bring up the point. Like behind closed doors, he might be a prick, and, and I had heard the same thing as well. And that was why the people, a lot of fans wanted the Eagles to to keep Foles was because they um, and the announcers even said this. They said that the, the Eagles play for him. They, and, oh, you could tell, like, right? They they tried harder or whatever. Um, but my point is, 
I always find it a little depressing or, or um, because I even the even though I'm the ripe old age of 50 now or almost, I still hold athletes to a almost like a different level of being like yeah I realize that they piss like we do and they put their pants legs on one leg or the other or whatever but they're they're like they're bigger than life so it's always disappointing to me to find out that I mean of course there's going to be assholes but like guys that you you root for your whole life or like you you idolize or you're a hero are and I think one of the biggest ones is uh Mike Schmidt really yeah, I've heard – now, I never witnessed this, but I heard this, I mean, from a couple of people, though. Like, he would be, like, real – like, a big asshole, like, when, when little kids would come up for autographs or whatever, and he's just like, nah, get away from me. Like, do I, I don't bother you, your job or whatever. Like, I <laughs> That's and, not – it's not funny, but it, – Oh, it, it's hilarious because you're just like, wow, what a fucking douche. Like, the fact – the fact that you would, like, if he said those, like – I don't bother you. Like it's like you're a little. I don't bother your daddy. His work. <laughs> yeah, go fuck off, man. Like yeah. these, you know, like that. The, the the way I look at it, especially when when athletes are assholes to fans, I'm like a a prick, a uh, ungrateful asshole. They're paying your page. Like at the Absolutely. end of the day, the owners signing the check. But like, if nobody showed up to these games and if nobody hey, watched these yep. games, like that's where I'm like, it really like. And like to a point, um, like I, I just think this might be a screaming. I'm, I'm sure if if this hit, hits the masses, I'm gonna get people <laughs> showing up at my house. But um, I've always and like I know Bryce is all like, you know, I've always wanted to play in Philly, and like, I like he's one of those to me where he says all the right things. But, like, would I be shocked if he's at his Thanksgiving dinner? Like, man, these people from Philly are fucking asshole. I can't stand these motherfuckers. Like, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. Like, I feel like he's he plays both. And, like, whatever. Like, I'm not saying I'm right, I'm wrong. But, like, I could see him being the type of person where, like, you know, I'm going to say all the right things. But, like, really, I feel this way. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I, I understand. I don't. I don't know. Like, when, when the Phillies signed him, I was – not happy. Uh, I was happier that they signed him rather than Machado because I, I'd respect Manny's uh, ability, but I detest his attitude. And I, I mean, and he had a decent attitude when he was in Baltimore, but it just seemed to get worse. And I, I mean, I think I was proven right. Um, but there, there have been things that Bryce has done. Now he, he does take off some plays. Uh, he doesn't always hustle everything out. And that's something that you would like your, you'd like to see from your franchise player to set an example, but his coming back from his surgery this year, three months early, earlier than what had been anticipated. To me, that just, that says so much about a person's character and I, I, it's funny because I had another uh, similar feeling about another ex-Philly athlete that I really didn't care for at all, but he he came through in this situation. It was uh, T.O., Terrell Owens. 
during that when he came back for that Super Bowl, I, I hated Tino. Like I hate that attitude. I respect his ability. He's an amazing receiver. Uh, hated the attitude. But when he came back and he put and he played as much as well as he did in that Super Bowl on, on that fucking ankle or you know, or his leg, a bum leg, whatever it was. I mean, that just showed all sorts of heart to me. And I think that Harper has the same thing. Um, it's, I wouldn't put it past him to, to say those things behind closed doors because at the end of the day, he's not, he's a transplant. He's not Philly. I, I mean, I believe he is like a, a great embodiment of Philadelphia, but he didn't come up through the farm system. So I think it's it's tough for players like that sometimes when they're traded because you just it's kind of like your first when you lose your virginity like you're always going to have that special connection to that that girl. Um, <laughs> no, that's 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 a great way to put. I I agree. I I just think like he's and I and I didn't mind him with the national. Like I know he was a hothead and he was constantly getting tossed the game out of game. Like he he's handles umpires worse than damn near anybody in the league. But I, I always like, was like, Oh, you know, I don't, I like this guy. I think he's good for like, he definitely like was a cover athlete for baseball. You know, that right. type of, like, he brought a lot of eyeballs over. And I saw him when I, I went to an Orioles nationals game back way back and he was playing. And, and I remember him catching a ball at the wall and I was like, man, this guy is just like, he's special. There's no doubt. Um, but I always thought like this guy absolutely beats it off to himself. Like I, it's <laughs> like that's where I don't like that. That rubs me wrong. Like yeah, the dealing with fans is like I I really hate that. I mean, it's at the same level. Like if Mike Schmidt did that, like that. And I remember Bryce Harper when he was in Double A in Harrisburg. He wouldn't like there was a time period or a couple instances where he's like, I don't, I don't, I'm not signing autographs cause I won't be here long. I'm like, all right, man, go fucking pound it. You know what oh, I mean? Wow. Like, like I, I just remember that like there were clips where like he'd be walking out and he'd be like, Bryce, you know, all the little kids and everything. And like, he, he, he's one of those guys to me where he's like, it just my personal opinion, the way I look at it, just like the way I look at Brock Purdy, this and that, but like he's very like he's probably one of the most two faced people like and he's a poser. Yeah, like he he seems like oh this guy is a great guy and like like that, that I that guarantee he, last week with the kit like he sounded right, that kid like, looking for his. It, but he's at the diner and like the waitress forgets to bring him his orange juice. He's like, what the fuck? I'm Bryce Harper. Like, <laughs> you know, or he leaves a five cent tip or something like that. Yeah, like I just I, and like I said, I could be totally off and and I'm I think he's better than he used to be with like just. The media, like he's matured over the years. Exactly. In DC, like he tried to, I mean, no matter what Pavelbon said or whatever, he tried to fucking like kill him basically in the dugout. Right. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, no, I, I think it's just interesting. Like a lot of these guys, like we'll never know the full extent to like maybe Carson Wentz is a complete asshole. Like maybe he's one of the hardest people to deal with. And like, maybe he's great to his wife, but like as a, as an athlete in the locker room, he's a horrible person. Like we don't right. know, but, but like when you do find out certain things and like you start, cause you never heard a bad thing about Nick Foles, like once, you know what I mean? Like you never heard, Oh, Nick Foles is a dickhead. Like this guy, you know, but like, <clears throat> and you don't hear it about Jalen. Like he's well, well respected and he's a leader, of, uh, you know, among, among those guys. But it, it no, it, to your point, it, it definitely diminishes. Like it, if, I don't know if if it came out like Alec Bohm is a complete dick. I'd be like, damn, that's not because I really 
I've liked him from from since they dra- the Phillies drafted him. Or like if if they see it like Adley Rutschman as a dickhead, I'd be like that is a huge letdown because right. he seems like one of the most genuine dudes out. Like he's a number one overall pick, but he's not like I'm the shit. I'm the bad. You know, like he's not. So I totally get it though. It's it's it is what it is. You're gonna root for the guy no matter what because he's wearing your team's colors and and, mm-hmm. and things, but. It ruins it for sure. Like, yeah, or, or at least diminishes it. I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. It diminishes it because, I mean, you, you look up to these guys. Um, I heard a, a similar story about uh, uh, another ex-Eagle, uh, Shady McCoy. Uh, he uh, had gone to a um, uh, one of those camps for for kids at uh, at Millersville uh, in your old neck of the woods, and he showed up late. And then when he wasn't on, when he wasn't needed on the field or whatever, he just sat in his car on his phone, listening to the music, like music blur and stuff like that. Couldn't be bothered, couldn't be. And it's just like, you know what, like you're, yeah, it's not your hometown, but it's like close enough to your hometown. And like, you should like, these, these kids look up to you and they're like, you can't be bothered with them. Um, but I have a good, I have a good shade of course, sorry. So, this was 2010, maybe, no, 2011, I'm sorry. Two, uh, it was the fall of 2011. It was, Shady had been in Philly for a couple of years now. But, um, so you know he's from Harrisburg. Uh, went to yep. the same high school as uh, Ricky Waters, Bishop McDevitt. <clears throat> and so I was walking along 2nd Street on Harrisburg, and I was, uh, I was crossing the street and I looked both ways and, and nobody's coming. And as I was, as I was entering the street, this uh, SUV made a sharp right hand turn and almost ran over like literally inches from my foot. I'm like thinking, what the hell? And I looked up, it was a, a, a Escalade. And here the license plate said shady. Number one, it was his fucking mom. I was inches away from having a payday. I could have gone to all those Eagles games that year, probably got like 50 grand or something like that. She just would have run over my foot. <laughs> that, That's just great. inches from from the from the payday. But and she didn't she didn't stop. She didn't like she I don't even think she looked up. I was just oh I was heated. Like I almost got fucking clipped by by an SUV. But yeah she shady number one. That is wow yeah that's that's something too, and like I met, I mean, I've met a couple guys. Like I've met Franco Harris at Penn State. I was just walking through the tunnel, and like, boom, there's Franco Harris. Like I was like, holy oh, yeah. shit! Was he, like, he was he by himself or was he with a? Yeah, he was completely by himself. Um, and like he sat there, and like my, I mean, my dad's a Steelers fan and a Penn State fan, so it was like perfect for him. Oh like, yeah, not to take anything. Like I, you know, I respect the Steelers and everything else. Um. You know, I have a soft spot for him, but like it's like, you know, that's like my dad's era too. Like he watched Franco Harris play, you know, like yeah. the whole not the whole nine, and like you know, he was like starstruck, and I was I was kind of like younger, so like I didn't really appreciate that moment for what it, you know, I was I was like holy shit, like I could tell this guy like he was larger than life, you know, like it was just right, and like he was one of the nicest human beings like I I can remember, you know, so like it's funny how like. I don't know. And everybody's, everybody's different. Like, you know, we're all as people just different. So like, there's going to be guys that are complete 
dick dick wads and there's gonna be like the the nice guys but it, right. it's just like like if 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 i was walking along somewhere and i saw carson wentz and or whatever whoever it done that it's just keep going or like bryce harper whatever whoever it is and like i was like oh i'm a nice fan and they're like you know so is everybody else just i'd be like eh, fuck. <laughs> if if that ever happened to me that would i'd forever have a disdain for that person because like the way I look at it, not so much like, oh, treat others how you want to be treated, because I know these guys are on a different level, you know, with their status. But, like, just treat people with respect. Like, just be like, thanks, I appreciate it. Even if he said thanks and kept it moving, that's cool. Yeah. Don't act like you're larger than everybody else. Cause... Right. You know, I mean, even though – because you're not better than anybody else. I mean, you're more famous than me, obviously, but that doesn't make you a better person. I mean, yeah, you can hit a baseball better than me or, or – throw a pass better than me but um but yeah you're absolutely right like how they can how they handle themselves in those couple of seconds can either make or break a fan for life and, and to further reiterate your point it is us that pay their bills that, that pay their that make their paycheck because like you said if, if we stop going <laughs> i mean the phillies desperately need to fill those seats to pay for the Bryce Harpers and the Trey Turners of the world. Right. Right. And a, a guy that like, I kind of look to that, you know, I'm the furthest thing from a Yankees fan when maybe I could, you know, like we say, we don't know these guys at all whatsoever, but like Aaron judge to me seems to be like the model citizen. Like he seems to be like very humble. Like, you know, he knows he's good. Like, let's not kid ourselves, but, he doesn't walk or like he doesn't give you that vibe where he's like, oh, I'm I'm the absolutely you know I'm the man, kiss my ass like I'm. The, <laughs> you know what I mean, he like, always gives me the vibe of just like some sort of monster, like <laughs> not, not in a, like that's <laughs> almost like an like like an oaf like he's just he's huge like. That's hilarious. That is the best thing I've ever seen. Now, monster, I say monster, like, not uh, like he's an asshole or anything like that, but just like he's just like he could crush you. And <laughs> he just pick you up with his finger and just. Yeah, exactly. Like a fucking giant or something like that. But <laughs> he does. And um, I'm trying to think, like, you, I actually wanted to ask you this though. You brought up, uh, you're talking about Harper and Papelbaum. What'd you think of Papelbaum when he was with the Phillies? Uh, with the Phillies, I see, I always kind of, I don't know, for that's the thing of like, I'm weird. Like, there are some like A Rod, I always, I always liked A Rod. Like, I, he's a mm -hmm. dad, this, that, and the third. But like, I remember when A Rod got drilled in Boston and then the next at bat, he hits a home run. I'm like, I, steroids are not like that guy. Like I don't, I don't have a hatred towards him like a lot of people do. Right. Papelbon is kind of like like when he was in Boston, and like that team was really really good, and that's when I didn't mind the Red Sox like I do now. I really you can't stand them anymore, but because they I, were still getting good then, they weren't. Yeah, right. Years right. and years of success, they were still in the beginning stages of their success. Yeah, and that's what that's probably why I liked him is because like you know he was there through hard times. He got that like he was successful when they needed him. Like he was arguably one of the best closers in baseball when the Phillies signed him. Yeah. Um, and I really, I like, he, yeah, he's probably a massive dickhead, but I, uh, I always liked, like, I was one of the few that probably did. I love Papelbon. Yeah. Uh, to this day, I still like, 
when you brought that up because I it's funny that you say that because I had just a couple like maybe a week or two ago I saw clips of of that fight between him and Harper um I think it was like a YouTube clip talking about like the the top 30 fights uh, major league fights of all time and they showed that and I was I'm also I mean, in complete agreement, I loved Papelbaum when he was with the Phillies. And, I mean, he was good. Uh, it, was, it was frustrating that, that he didn't have more support around him because, he, yeah, he was, he was really good. Like, the Phillies have had really good relievers that have not done shit elsewhere. Right. That, that, the year that they won the World Series in, uh, what was it, 07? Uh, I mean, they're, they're – and I can't, for the life of me, I can't think, it kills me now. I can't think of his name right now. But he was a perfect, like, 47 of 47 in saves. Oh, what, Brad, Brad Lidge, right? Yeah, Brad Lidge, exactly. Yeah. And now I remember Lidge when he played for the Astros and things like that. And he just, I don't know, like, he just never did anything else. But, yeah, I I always loved Pavel Bond. I just thought he was I, he was, it was, and he was interesting too. Like there was never, there was always a sound clip when Pavlovom was around. Oh, he, he's like uh, one of the most polarizing baseball, at least baseball players there's been. I forget what he said. He said something about, damn, he said something about, I think it was Philly after he retired, after he left or something. Don't quote me on this, but I think he was like, yeah, I, n- I never liked Philadelphia. Like he's like, I, I kind of hated the city, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. And and he caught. I mean, he got like anybody that liked him at that point was like, yeah. like so. I mean, I think he's the type of guy where he was. He, I always look at Pavlovon as a Red Sox. Like it just doesn't. Like in my brain, it doesn't. Like yeah, he had some good years in Philly. Don't get me. Like I'm not trying to say he was worthless. Like he definitely was decent. But he, right. he's like forever to me. Like I think of Pavlovon, I think of the Red Sox days. Like I, he. Like, he's just – he is a Red Sox to me. You know what I mean? Like, if he went into the Hall of Fame, he's going in as a Red Sox. Yeah, like – like and, and the crowd there would be, like, 95% Red Sox crowd. Yeah, exactly. To me, like, in my mind. Now, like, if he would have had – if the Phillies would have been kind of better in his stretch, you know, then that's different. But – So, <laughs> he said on April 8th of 2015, I don't really feel much like a Philly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he to to say he was polarizing like that's that's under like he was polarizing in Boston, he was polarizing in Philly, he's polarizing with the Nationals like um that Pavelbon like I I like you we kind of are in agreement like I I liked him too. I always liked his uh his like motion like he come to the stop like he just he was a killer and especially like to me I mean like I know he had some good years in Philly don't get but like. In in Boston, like you did not want to see that. If you're on the other side and like he's wiped yeah, out, yeah, oh, he was like, forget it. Like yeah. he he's coming, he's buzzing a hundred, hundred and one at you. Like I remember him. He's he was one of those guys that would throw gas. Like in the time where not everybody was throwing that. So right. Um, you're talking about polarizing players. Uh, there's a basketball player that I think of the exact same way, and uh, JJ Redick. And I didn't realize, like, I always knew I liked him because, I mean, I, I, he's one of the few Duke players that I actually did like. Uh, as I've gotten older, I've grown to like more and more Duke players because I have just, I mean, all the respect in the world for Krzyzewski. Uh, 
but when he got with Philly and then I was, I, I loved his shooting, but then I've like, since he's uh, retired and, and now that he's becoming a broadcaster, uh, I've heard some of his exchanges with uh, Kendrick Perkins and Stephen A. Smith and stuff. And who I, I, I can't stand Stephen A. Smith. I think he's one of the worst announcers in the world, broadcaster, whatever you want to fucking call him, sports personalities. Um, and just listening to JJ's uh, inner exchanges and things like that, I, I'm just like, wow, I really do like this guy. But he is very, very polarizing. Is is just the perfect way to like you either love him or you hate him. Yeah, no, I and and ESPN has turned into the Stephen A. Smith network, so yeah, very hard television to watch. Like I haven't watched the only one I do kind of like over there i mean i don't mind jj excuse me jj reddick whatsoever but um scott van pelt to me is he's classic yeah he's and he's a big he's a maryland guy like maryland terps O's. like he he's like very like he's not in your face about who he likes that's what i like about him even if he was like a oh i'm an all new york guy like he's not like oh i everybody like he's a very he can tell all sides of the story i mean he did a thing where he had like a whole monologue about his dog and like, that was really like, that's tough to like almost tough to watch. Cause he got, I mean, he got choked up. It was just sad. Like, and he's like, he's a very good storyteller. He's a very good, like he paints a very good picture for you. Like he's just a professional, but other than him, like ESPN is garbage and, and like JJ's all right. But like, I mean, I, I didn't even like dislike Max Kellerman too much. Like I thought he was all right. Um, and now he's gone. So like, it's yeah. just, like anybody that was worth a shit, in my opinion, is damn near gone or out the door. Like all those layoffs kind of put the nail in the coffin for yeah. me. Um, Neil and, not there anymore, and I liked him a lot too. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you're right. I did like Neil. And the thing about uh, Van Pelt is he's, to me, what I consider part of the old school ESPN with like Stuart Scott and yep. Chris Berman and – I love Dan Patrick. And so I, I know that he, I mean, he got at the tail end of some of those careers, but when he was starting out, but he's still part of that, what I consider that old school ESPN, which is, I completely agree with you. I mean, this last round of the layoffs is completely bewildering to me because I don't understand why. Well, I mean, I, I have no clue why they did what the fuck they did. And it, it but it doesn't make sense because the, you're right. They focused so much on Stephen A. Smith, and now I guess they're bringing in Pat McAfee or Pat McPhee. And I don't dislike him or whatever his fucking name is. <laughs> uh, but I don't like. I don't hate him. I don't dislike. Uh, I don't like him or anything like that. I just don't really know much. Uh, but like, I just yeah. The ESPN just doesn't make any sense to me anymore. Right. No, I it's it's completely it's not entertainment anymore. It's like to, for some people it is, I guess, because I mean Stephen A. Smith, like you literally have to put your TV at like volume two, and then it's still too loud. So, <laughs> um, I just yeah, he is. Uh, I I don't. I've never liked. I mean, I like. See, I'm one of the only people in the world probably that doesn't hate Skip Bayless. Like everybody hates him, and I yeah. yeah. I hate, <laughs> like, I hate Skip. <laughs> like I can't. I I just think he's enter. Like to me, he's entertain. He's an asshole. Like he's through and through. 
he, I mean, when he went at Shannon Sharp like that, I'm pretty sure that wasn't scripted. Maybe it was. Like, who knows? But um, when it was Stephen A versus uh, Skip, I was like, man, this is like, I can't lie. This is must watch television because it was just yelling. It was just they were completely like just balls to the wall in those conversations. Like, I can't hate that because it was like I said, it was entertainment, but it was yeah. like it was like reality TV almost. Like <laughs> to that level, it's... you did bring up a good point there because when the, the two of those guys were together, I didn't. I would watch every now and then because yeah, it was it was interesting, um, but. I lump Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, Colin Cowherd, and Jim Rome all in the same. I wish he was doing a book. Yeah, just sick and never see him again. uh, Yeah, so I'm now actively rooting for Stephen A. Smith to die. But (laughs) I uh, (laughs) no, I I, that that is not what I mean. I was (laughs) said that facetiously, but. Yeah, I, I don't like any of those guys. And what what frustrates me is, like, um, depending on the company that you keep, if you don't like Stephen A. Smith, you're automatically racist. And it has nothing to do with the fact that he's black. It's just the fact that, like, because I, I can't stand Colin. Those other three guys are all really white. And have you ever seen the clip of when Jim Rome got pushed uh, got pushed down by oh, uh, uh, Jim Everett? I have not, no. Oh, my God. Well, you're going to after this. Jim, yeah, Jim Rome, oh, my God. I mean, I honestly, I I never hated Jim Rome. Like, I, maybe that's, like, weird. Like, he is a fucking weird guy. I mean, let's just call it out. Like, he's – and he probably does it for clicks. Like, he just acts like – and I haven't watched him. Like, what was that? Rome is burning. Rome is burning. I used to watch that, but ever since like that stopped airing, like, and I couldn't even, I mean, that was probably 10, 15 years ago. I have not watched a single Jim Rohn. Like I could care less. Like I don't, I don't dislike him, but I don't like him. You know what I mean? Like, like Colin Coward is trash to me. Like, I I don't think he's not entertaining to me. He's not like, I, I don't understand how he has a slot is my thing. Like, same thing with like Tony Kornheiser. Like that guy has no, he he's like sour milk to me. Like you put Tony Kornheiser on a show, and I'm like, what? Why? Like what is? What are we See, doing? Now, I I like Kornheiser because I I think that I find him um, not only entertaining but edu- Like I learn, I feel like I'm learning shit when I listen to him. Wow. I, I that that might be in my. Not for the general public, but in my mind, that might be the hottest take I've ever. I've ever <laughs> said. Uh, but yeah, I, like when I watch Stephen A. Smith, all I want to do is just like he said, mute him, mute him, and then change the channel. Um, no, I remember uh, when they had Tony Kornheiser on. Uh, just his name alone, I'm like, <laughs> but but <laughs> well, he reminds me of a sandwich. Like every every time I hear his name, I think of a sandwich. I like. <laughs> it's this uh, we're having fun with this one tonight for sure but man like if i saw tony kornizer i would probably be like you suck man like <laughs> just <laughs> like i remember him on <laughs> i remember him on uh monday night football i was like oh my god get this guy I, like this guy oh, yeah he did do it monday night football for a year didn't he yeah and i don't want to say like I, I it's not that deep it's just like he's another like okay 
You know who Dan Lebetard is? <clears throat> Absolutely. I think he is utterly trash. Like, I, I think he is all-time level of garbage. Like, he has – in my just of, of sports personalities, like, I think he's – he – there is not – I'd probably put Kornheiser above him, I mean, by a slim margin in my book. But, like, I like Michael Wilbon, though. So, like, I, I don't know. I kind of yeah. – I go around, but, like, when Tony Kornheiser was on the uh, – Oh, my God. It was, like, him. Uh, I can't – the other guy went to – I think he went to the NHL network or the MLB network. I can't remember. Steve Steve Levy. I think that was – Okay. Who, it was, like – I mean, it, the three musketeers of, like, just garbage. Like, I, I – yeah, anyways. Not that it's that <laughs> big of a deal. It's just I, I'll never forget that Monday night crew because I was, like – you couldn't have picked, in my mind, you could not have picked three worst people. You, you... See, like, my worst Monday Night Crew would probably have been the one with uh, Rush Limbaugh. Because he yeah, just. See, that, that's before my, yeah. like Yeah, I mean, not too much before your time. But, and because my dad grew up, he was a big Rush Limbaugh fan. So that tells you a little bit about my family background. And so I was forced to listen to him. And I just like, oh, whatever. But, and, and Rush was an intellectual person don't get me wrong but it just smart people don't necessarily make good commentators and you don't no. want to spend three and a half hours listening to somebody who just can't fucking commentate a football game no you know you know who I, w- I wish they would do like gus johnson is he's so he's loud there's no doubt about it but i every time he's calling a game i'm like yep i'm 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 in, I'm in. like i don't yep. care it could be ohio state michigan i'll watch it because Gus John, like he makes it for me, yeah. and then like Kirk Herbstreit's another one. I I, I think yeah. he's just a constant. Per- like if they put them two together, that would be like just gold. Like I, yeah. I just think that would be. Yeah, that w- you're right, and I think my and it's surprising. My I think Peyton Manning is my favorite. Would be my favorite color commentator because he is he's funny enough, but there's nobody that knows football better in my opinion. Uh, oh, and yeah. I think he yeah. would just I, – because I find – like, I'm one of the few people that, even though he played for the Cowboys, I don't hate Romo and I don't hate Aikman as announcers. I actually like Aikman, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. I, I don't like Joe Buck and Aikman together. I, I, I For whatever reason, I, I just think that's – Well, a lot of people don't like Joe Buck. And so they, they – when because uh, Aikman's lumped in with him, they, they assume they don't like Aikman. But you're right. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that Aikman is a very, uh, other than the fact that he loves the Cowboys and sometimes it's difficult to get a, a biased opinion or an unbiased opinion when you're watching him. Um, that's like Todd Blackledge, uh, when he announces football, uh, I love Herb Street as, as well, but I think Blackledge is a fantastic commentator because his knowledge of the game is so in-depth. I mean, he might not have been able to play it as a pro, but he was a, he was a pretty good college player. And you just – like, he he has a lot of insight. Um, but, yeah, Herb Street is probably one of my favorite uh, current commentators as well. Yeah, and, and see, he – and, like, knowing that he played at Ohio State, this and that, like, I was like, oh, my God. But then, like, every time he's calling a game, like, you really – in my opinion, you don't feel like I think I, you know, there's times where I'm like, you know, he, he says a lot of good things about Ohio state, but they are a good team. Like I, at the right, yeah, exactly. I, I can't stand them, but they're consistently putting a good product out there. 
And like he doesn't like he he's said multiple times that the Penn State like coming to Happy Valley is like a highlight for him. He's right. like Penn State is the best student section. Like he he constantly gives praise. So it's not like where Troy Aikman like you barely rarely ever hear him give like tremendous praise to the Eagles. Exactly. I think he has something out for the Steelers too because I he does the same thing. But like Kirk Herbstreit is like the constant professional. Yeah. I think. Um, you can't you can't tell where Herb Street went to college. If you don't know that, you don't you're not gonna know where he went to college by his broadcasting. You're absolutely right about that. He is uh, incredibly bipartisan to everybody. He doesn't and, and yeah, that is that is great. And I think Blackledge is the same way. Like I know that Blackledge went to Penn State, obviously, because I watched him. But I mean, if he didn't, like he he tells it how it is. But yeah, I I really do think. That Herb is probably my favorite football announcer right now. Yeah, he's yeah, he he's he's goat status. Uh he might be, <laughs> but no, he's up there. But uh speaking of college football though, I mean we're exact well now it's past midnight here, but uh I think we're thirteen days away from, from Penn State. Yep. Uh, how I mean, do you still feel I mean nothing really has changed, obviously, with um, you know, what's going into the the West Virginia or beat hashtag West beat West Virginia game, but um, burn the yeah. sofa. <laughs> right. What, uh, you know, how do you, how do you analyze, you still think Alar is going to get a hundred percent of the snaps? Like, you know, anything, just, just your thoughts on, on the week one. Uh, well, I, I'll tell you what, I will have a, uh, a little bit more in depth of a, of a discussion about that um, in about a week after I run all the numbers and things like that. Um, I think that Alar will get probably, I, I, my hope is that Prebula gets a couple of, or a couple of series when the game is important, when the game's still on the line. Uh, whether, whether Franklin does that or not, I don't know. Um, because as much as I like JF, he is prone to make some, uh, game time decision mistakes. You sure Um, like him a lot more than I do. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, I do (laughs) Uh, because I think I look at what he had to deal with from the sanctions and how, what he's done from there until now is that I don't know. I don't know if Nick Saban could have done that. Like, Whoa! I, I, come on now. Let's. I, no, that, that doesn't mean that Franklin's a better coach than Saban. No, I get what I you're think saying. Fra- Franklin's a better overall, not better. Franklin is as as good of an overall manager as you're going to get, I, I think, because uh, those those sanctions can't be overstated how crippling they were. And he came in here, and in two years he won a Big Ten championship, and he was taking us to. I mean, we should have made the fucking playoffs that year. In 2016. No, I get you, but oh my God. Like, if I would be running down the street naked if we got Nick Saban. Like, oh, absolutely. I would be, I would be flipping. I don't do cartwheels, but I fucking learn how to. (laughs) Yeah, I would be like, that's like my fantasy. That's like a wet dream to me. Like, if we had, (laughs) like, I've always kind of pictured that. Um, not picture. I've always said that though. Like I was like, if Penn State could land Nick, Nick Saban, <clears throat> excuse me. Like, man, I like I, I would guarantee you we'd win one national champ. Like I would guarantee you. What do you think about Urban Meyer? As like, 
Like, like, like do, do you think if do you think Penn State would win a national championship if we signed him? No, probably not. To be honest with you. See, I, I, I am a big Urban Meyer fan. I I've been a big Urban Meyer fan ever since he was at uh, when hell when he was at Bowling Green, and and then he went to Utah. Like I I've every step of the way that that, that guy has coached, he's been a winner. Now, does he do it by cutting corners? Absolutely. Uh, so does every other fucking coach. Um, I just think he's so much of a prick that I can't stand him. Like I, I <laughs> and like I'm not gonna say Nick Saban is not. I'm sure. I mean he's, but I I think like Nick Saban has a lot of sound bites where you're like, I think he genuinely cares about the kids. I think if a kid got hit by, a, I sh- shouldn't make these extreme, again, <laughs> but, but like if the backup running back got hit by a car and for Ohio State and got killed, let's just hypothetically. I think Urban Meyer would be sad for, or like would pretend to care for five sure. seconds. And then he'd be like, all right, bitches, let's get back to, you know what I mean? Like I just, and then Urban Meyer, saw, like remember the whole thing where he's like, I bought a house in state college. And then fucking two weeks later, he, he jumps town and go and goes to the rival too. Like that, that second he did that. Cause I, I didn't even really like him at Florida. Like I liked Tebow at Florida, but I really was like, I think Urban Meyer's a prick, this and that. So, when he did that, though, I was like, that's once again, that's a nail in the coffin. Like, fuck this guy for life. I rooted against him that's ever since that happened. And then I was so glad he failed miserably in the NFL. Like, I was just – he didn't care. Obviously, he made it clear that he didn't care. But um, yeah. I just – I couldn't be more – and it's good. Like, I'm, I'm glad we we have some differences. But I, yeah, I, fuck, I cannot stand – like, I root – so much against them, it's like not fun. So, if there was another college coach besides Saban that you could bring in for Franklin, who would it be? Uh, I wouldn't have a problem bringing in Lincoln Riley, to be honest with you. Okay, like I would, I could, be, I could see that. I think, I, like, this is a crazy take, but um, obviously, he passed away, so it's a weird one. But like Mike Leach, I would have not had a problem with that. Yeah, um, that's another one. Now you talk about a, a crazy guy though. Who, I mean, yeah. he locked he locked one of his kids in a fucking out. Yeah, that's that party. wasn't a good look. Yeah, no, that, I'm not gonna but, say that he's like, you know, Urban Meyer is the worst, of the worst by a landslide. I'm sure. That, I mean, Brian Kelly got somebody killed. Like realistically, yeah, exactly. Like I, I can't stand that guy either. So it's I uh, I actually read a book. Um, I read of one of Mike Leach's books, and this was shit. This was ten years ago. Uh, or something like that about uh, football philosophy, and I fell in love with him. Like I knew who he was and things like that, but I I really fell with him in love with him then. So yeah, I'm absolutely in agreement with you there. Um, I don't even think I would have a problem with. I don't I don't know. Like I don't those young coaches. I I I, I don't know. I don't know if Lincoln Riley's got. He, because he's got a, a shitload of talent, and I think I think it's probably I don't know. It might be easier to recruit to USC than it is to Penn State. Penn State's a tough sell for for people that aren't in love with it until they get there, until they see it. But those win, I mean, fucking state college winners are no joke, and kids that are. You take that up against fucking Southern California and the palm trees and the beaches and g-strings and stuff like that. It's 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 a no-brainer, and that's why 
like for so many years, the Florida schools ran roughshod over college football recruiting because at the end of the day, you're on a fucking beach in South Beach. I mean, you just, it's tough to, tough to go to, go to school in the snow. Yeah, but, no, uh, I, and, I, and I'm not saying James Franklin is like the worst option there. Like, I'm not, oh, yeah, I'm not of course like, not. but I, I, so I like James Franklin as a person. Like, I think he's, like, he's a great ambassador for the university. A great he's spokesman, a, yeah. Yeah, he's a great spokesman. He's a great recruiter. Him as like an actual, like on the field football coach making football decisions. I think there's there's plenty of people that are better. I, I, that's how I, 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 I would agree with that as well. Um, and I don't necessarily it's his it's his game, uh, it's his, his clock management is has been always been in has been in question for me. Um, but I mean he doesn't call his own plays, so yeah, right. I, that's where. But when push comes to shove, the head coach is responsible for everything. On, on that team. So even if you delegate that, well, then you know what? It's it's on you because you entrusted the, that shitty offensive coordinator to make those fucking horrible calls. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the buck stops at his death. Like, yeah, the, it, that's I mean? exactly like, right. You couldn't have said it any, any better um, if the buck stops at James Franklin's desk. Uh, but, yes, as a – and I think when you're talking about um, caring about whether your backup fullback gets hit by a car and, and – loses a leg i don't think any coach would care more than franklin like i wholeheartedly believe that he has the best interest of every one of those kids on his on the roster yeah i think and and every college coach is like hard on these kids like you're not gonna go uh, it's i don't care if you go to indiana it's not gonna be a cup a cupcake or like i I should say a cakewalk to like how you're gonna be treated like you know what i mean you're you're gonna get pushed through the mud like regardless mm-hmm. if you went to Indiana, Penn State, North Dakota State, doesn't matter. Like, it, it's – now you're playing basically, like, there's jobs on – like, high school, it's not, like, your job's on the line every year. Like, you know, like – and even those co- – like, I know high school coaches who are – I wouldn't want to deal with them on a daily basis. So, like, like I've heard a lot of, like, James Franklin is really hard on his kids in practice and, like, practices are grueling and – that this that and third but i do think like you said i i do agree with you there like um you know he has the best interest of like it's i don't want to make a comparison to joe pa but like i think he wants them to be good students i think he wants them to be you know model citizens whereas some some of these co- like i think nick nick saban is the same way in that respect like i because he talked about that henry rugg situation and he was saying how you know one of his friends should have grabbed the keys. Yeah, it's going to piss him off. Um, but he'd still be alive today. And he's like, he's like, Henry Ruggs was on our team for three years and we never had a problem. And, and right. this, that, and the third. So, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you. Like, you know, he, he cares about his players, but it's like Urban Meyer. I, I really genuinely don't think I like if he would have been the coach at Penn State, it would have made me sick to be honest. Like, I, if, if they would have went on and win big 10 championships, I probably could have like compartmentalized. Okay. Whatever. Like I, I still, I fucking hate him, but uh, he's good. Yeah. Like we're winning games. Like we're yeah, successful. Exactly. Uh, but like, it's funny. Like, it's like, do you take 
less success with a coach that like I don't I have no ill will against uh James Franklin. It's like do I take that and less success or do I take a guy I I almost get nauseous looking at and more exactly. success. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. That, that, and that's do you sacrifice your principles in order to get victories? And I mean they make moves with that that kind of shit in mind. Um so yeah, I don't think that Urban is a good person, but when you're talking about coaching, I, I think he's a fantastic X's and O's coach. Um, do, but here's my hot take for the college football season, and you heard it here first. Wisconsin is going to be the dark horse of the Big Ten. Damn. Like okay, yeah. and and by dark, like where where are they going to be? Like above Penn State, are they going to be third, would you say? Like, what do you – I think they will come out of the West, and I th- I honestly believe that Wisconsin has a shot to run the table this year uh, 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 and finish the regular season undefeated. Sheesh. Now, oh. they have they, – so they play in the Big Ten West. Their cro- their biggest crossover game is is Ohio State, but it's in it's in Madison. Uh, they, I mean, they, their Big Ten, Big Ten West schedule is, I mean, Minnesota is a big rival and stuff like that. But Tanner Mordecai is a fantastic long shot for the Heisman. He's like a hundred to one or hundred and fifty to one. That would well be worth putting down ten bucks. Yeah. Hey, I mean, that is a screaming. Absolutely. Like if Wisconsin would run the table, I'd be like, look, you heard it here first and you heard it. Goddamn right you would. <laughs> like, I'd give you all the credit mm-hmm. in the world because I don't care if they're playing in Madison or if they're playing in Lincoln Financial Field. I, I just – you know much more about them than I do, but if I'm just, like, looking at it's Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Like, my buddy tried to tell me uh, – he's a big Maryland Terps fan. He said – he said Maryland's gonna play Penn. He's he said they said he's gonna they're gonna play Penn State whistle to whistle this year, and I'm like, okay, man. Like I I don't <laughs> I don't see that. Like I I, I know Maryland almost beat. Uh, yeah, they almost they actually ran Ohio State to the to the buzzer damn near last year. Was it Ohio State or was it Michigan? No, it was uh, it was Ohio State. Okay, I think I, I could be wrong. That's that that's what I, I was trying to think. Um, I know Illinois ran Michigan to the to the fucking last drive. Like literally, I thought Illinois was gonna win. Then he got called for a pass interference, which was complete and utter horseshit. But um, yeah, yeah, Maryland lost to Ohio State last year, 40, 43 to thirty. So it was probably close for a long time, and then they tapped on it. Yeah, closer than the score indicates, probably. Exactly. But, yeah. Um. Yeah, it's funny that Penn State plays Maryland at. M&T Stadium, the the Raven Stadium. That's pretty interesting, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, hey, I would, I'd love to, I'd love to see somebody shake up the Big Ten. I, if it, if it's not going to be Penn State, let it not be uh, Michigan or Ohio. Like the, yeah, the two that's teams not shaking I, the Big Ten up. That's the, the business as usual. Yeah, Ohio State right. or Michigan. I mean, and that's it's. But if you, it's kind of funny. There's two. Big Ten quarterbacks that transferred out of the Big Ten that are now starting the SEC schools. Mm, yeah, you got it. 
Got to remind me. Uh, the the kid down in Florida, Graham Mertz, uh, is is starting for Florida, and uh, he played at Wisconsin. And then um, the other one escapes me. God damn it! Uh, I'll find out here in, in just a second. Is he playing at Texas? Uh... No, Texas isn't in the SEC yet. They're still in the Big Twelve. Oh, that's right. That's right. I thought there was uh, a kid from Ohio State that. He... I, but I think he is. No, no, I think he was. Oh, shit. Hold on here. Uh, <laughs> just keep keep on going here. I gotta find it before the time runs out. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, hey, if if like you said, I mean, if it's not business as usual, like hell, even if it was, I know Michigan State's not going to, but even if it was Michigan State, like let it not be Ohio State or Michigan again. Like the two teams I cannot dislike more in the Big Ten. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to see Wisconsin get in there. I'd love to see a Maryland, a Purdue. Uh, it does not matter to me. Iowa, even. I, I've I've never had anything against Iowa to be honest with you. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Iowa. You know, try and find a way to beat those teams and and edge out one of them at least for the Big Ten, the Big Ten championship. I I'll be surprised if it happens, but um, I I have a hatred for Iowa after their. Uh... After their their fans tried to accuse uh, our our players of faking injuries. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, well, ago. their coach their coach kind of incited that too. Yeah, exactly. That's where he's, he's, yeah. I, I, I just like the style. Like they play backyard football to me. Like they play hard nosed defense and they always run the ball well. So it's like I kind of like that style because it's like old school if whatever you want to call it. But but yeah, no. Now that I remember, yeah, I mean. I'd still rather them than Michigan or Ohio State. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Uh, okay, I, I can get behind <laughs> like, that. So Tennessee's uh, starter is Joe Milton. He started at Michigan. Okay. Uh, so you've got there, – there's two. I'm just looking through all their uh, quarterbacks here. Um, oh, Auburn. Peyton Thorne uh, has 25 career starts at Michigan State. That's three Big Ten quarterbacks that are now starting at, at SEC schools. Yeah, well, it just makes you, makes you wonder why we can't fucking ever beat them in a bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Jose Altuve, just to be kind of off topic, but Jose Altuve has had his two thousand hit. It doesn't even seem like he's been in the league long enough to have two thousand hits. That's pretty. Uh, I mean, I know he's face of that that cheating, you know, cheating scandal that happened, but. Um, <laughs> That is a pretty. I mean, I how many of those hits are tainted? I I don't know. It's a different discussion, but that seems really quick to get to two thousand. Just in my opinion, I don't know. Well, let's see here. Okay, so he is. Holy shit! Is he's thirty three years old? That's hard to believe. It seems like he hasn't been in the league that long. Uh, so he's been in the league thirteen years. Wow. <laughs> it doesn't seem it doesn't seem real. Like, it just doesn't seem. Yeah, 2011 was his rookie year. Um, he made the All Stars as his his second year. He didn't make it in the first year, but he made it his second year. Um, career three or seven average. I, I you know it's funny as much as I hate Houston, I've always liked Altuve. But I think I liked him because when he did start, uh, I was really, really big into daily fantasy sports then. So he was he was always gold because he was he was still 
relatively unknown then. And so you, when you took him and he performed well, you felt like you were getting over on on the rest of the people. <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know, pretty much covered all the bases tonight again. I think that's that's what we try and do. And I think we're uh, we were as brutally honest as we possibly could. <laughs> we, 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 we were brutal tonight. That's for goddamn sure. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely took some shots at, at, at a multitude of people. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you were a commentator or a player. I mean, or a player, exactly. We, we, <laughs> we hate y'all. <laughs> yeah, there's no, uh, you know, there's no holding back over here. So, nope. uh, definitely got to shout out the uh, 1420 Sports Podcast. I'm going to hop on with them for, they said, you know, 20, 30 minutes tomorrow. It's, it's their third year or their, yeah, they're three year. Can't even talk anymore tonight. Three year anniversary. Uh, so congratulations to them. Oh, uh, yeah, congrats, guys. They will. Uh, I'm sure they'll keep. They they have like five thousand different type of shows that they do, and I'm sure by this time next year they'll have ten thousand. So um, definitely keep up the good work. Definitely check out my guy, fan in the van, Jim Plotner, as well as uh, we like we like sports, and I'm drawing a blank. Level the playing field podcast. And oh, two dudes with sports news, uh, as well as their their other project, um, the Steel and Till Talk for Jaguars and Steelers Talk with Jim. And uh, is this a bad take? So they have a bunch of stuff going on over there as well. But uh, for Aaron, I'm signing off. Any any last words for Joey and, and where you can find him as well? Uh, yeah, just uh, at Doc Sports, I, uh, I have some articles there, Joey House, and also uh, Game Time Sharks. Definitely, definitely check out his picks. You know, throw some throw some money in there. You never life's a life's a gamble in itself. So why not gamble some more, right? <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> but we will catch you guys later. Peace.